As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Focus on niches. We do a lot of land, a lot of stuff too. Find some niches that not everyone else is doing. Learn those. And then also be relentless on your deals. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. 
you're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm your host today, Theo Hicks. And today we'll be speaking with Carl Spielvogel. Carl, how are you doing today? Doing great. Great. Thank you for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Carl. He is a real estate investor in Charlotte, North Carolina. He has done over 200 real estate deals and he specializes in niche deals solving messy situations that lead to big profits. Examples of niche deals would be multiple heirs, title issues, excess proceeds, and partition sales. And some of these big profits from these deals is $243,000 profit, $228,000 profit, and $166,000 profit. You can say hi to him at Uncle Carl's Mastermind, Carl with a K.com. Carl, do you mind sharing a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Yeah. My background is when I first got involved in real estate, I went to some Subway sandwich shops and I was getting tired of that. And a buddy of mine said, Hey, there's this course, Ron Legrand. And he took me to that. I started learning and getting involved in that. And I did real estate from 2000 to 2008, did pretty good. But I went from thought being a badass and lost everything in 2008, became a dumbass. And then I did a used car business with my ex-girlfriend, another mistake. And then I got back into doing real estate again about four years ago. And we have about 5.5 million in assets right now. And we owe about 2.5 million. And we like to do a lot of deals like in multiple heirs, partition sales. We also do land. We do variance, subdividing, assemblage, anything that's difficult. You want to stay away from the stuff where there's like someone's getting 20 postcards. We found that by diving into these niche deals, there are a lot of work, but the profits are very high per deal. So we're not a volume type person. We do maybe three to five deals a month, but they're typically bigger deals. Okay. So of your portfolio of $5.5 million, what is the main niche that you focus on? I mean, I know you talked about a lot of them, but what's the main one so you can dive into that one? Well, we find most of our deals through tax delinquents, foreclosures, vacant properties, and then we use our GIS system, our county GIS system. So we'll find some land that can be subdivided. We'll look for a small lot that we'll buy and get for cheap and get a variance and make it buildable. We look for a house with extra land that we can subdivide the land off. But most of our stuff just comes by looking at the tax delinquents, the vacants, the foreclosures, and using the property lookup. That's our main source. And then after that, it's about diving deep and solving the problems. Okay, so you've got the tax delinquent lists, you've got the foreclosure list, you have the vacant lists. What's the next step? Well, let's say we get the tax delinquent list. We'll typically skip trace it or we'll go out and knock on the doors. For example, for the tax delinquent, what we like to find is we like to pull up the tax delinquent and see if the people are passed away, because those are the best ones, or if the house is vacant. So we look into that stuff and then we dive deep into it. We even have one deal where there was six different people passed away as a vacant house had 23 heirs. We put it all together. We're into that deal for about 65,000. It's worth 200,000. So we dive deep into them. That's how we get the big deals. So let's do an example. Let's talk about the 23 heirs, $65,000 all in price worth 200K. How did you find it? And then how does that even work? How do you buy a deal with 23 heirs? <laughs> well, we started out, I was basically driving for dollars. We had a property that we we're looking at. I was driving by the grass was cut, but something looked funny about the house. Now I don't, normally do this, but the house didn't look lived in for some reason. So I jumped the fence and went up and looked in the windows and noticed it looked basically vacant. I noticed that the electric meter was missing. So then after that, 
we pulled up our county GIS system, pulled up the owners, and found out that they had been paying taxes for four years. And then we skip traced them and found out both owners were deceased. Then after that, we started building the family tree out. And we built this whole huge family tree out. And then we started calling all the heirs. And most of them didn't even know they were heirs to a property. So basically, we just called them all up, told them they're heirs to this property, that we wanted to buy their shares out. And then we just made deals with all of them and got them to sign. And uh, it's sort of funny, we threw a little barbecue in South Carolina where most of them met me. We went down and got everything signed there. One guy was semi a homeless guy we tracked down in Chicago. But we just basically called everybody and made it, signed it. Then we ended up owning the property. You guys are like private investigators. We're more private investigators, I think, than we are anything else. How are you funding these deals? Are you raising money? Is it your own money? Yeah. Well, my business partner uses IRA money. We use private funds. We could always use some more, hint, hint, hint. But private money and our own funds. Because we're buying stuff with messy titles. We have to pay cash, and then we straighten the title out afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're going to answer this question or not, but you own 5.5 million assets. You owe 2.5 million. Obviously, some of that's equity created, but of the equity put into the deal, what portion is yours and your business partner, and what portion is private money? That's a good question. I really don't know. Probably private money is maybe 20%, 25%. The rest is our money that's invested in, and, and then my partner's Roth RA money. Okay. So Joe does apartment vacations. So they buy apartments that are stabilized, have some cosmetic changes. So it's pretty easy to get the projections and present those to investors. How does that work for deals like this? I mean, it seems like the profit margins are so large, then there's a little bit more risk. So what types of returns are you offering and how are you calculating these returns? For the private money, you mean? For the private money, yeah. Yeah. Or, we- or even for yourselves, I guess, too. Yeah, for the private money, we're anywhere from 8% to 15%. And typically people are loaning us money on the ones once we clear the title, but we've got some people that will loan us money on the bad titles because we know that we can clear it. And that's typically around 15%. But most of these deals were in for very little money. That deal that we're into 65,000, that includes renovations and everything. What we do is we typically have people deed us the property up front when there's a multiple error situation and they get paid later. We'll pay them anywhere from $0 to 500 up front, our own money. And then when we clear the title, we get the rest. So we're getting into these deals for very little because 23 air deal, who's going to buy a fraction of that? So they know we're the only game in town. So they'll sign us over the property typically for no money to $500 and they get paid when we clear the title. Okay. So it looks like your most profitable deal was the 243K deal. Let's talk about that one. So kind of similar to the 23 air deal, how'd you find it? And then how much did you buy it for? How much money do you put into it? And how much is it worth? And then what do you do with it? That property, a bird dog called us up that we know, Gerald, he does some work for us, said, hey, there's a property, it's vacant, some squatters in it, the guy passed away, so we got it from a bird dog, and the first thing we did was pulled it up, it's in a very good area, and these squatters had moved in, so I'm like, this could be a huge deal, so the first thing we did was we built a family tree, actually for this one, even though we didn't own it, I hired a genealogist and get this, so we built a family tree, what happened was the wife passed away first, so her side was out. So the husband passed away, and when he passed away, his share would have gone to his brother. Well, his brother died in an airplane crash in Crete in 1973, so then it would have gone to his two sons, Jack and Lewis. So they were the rightful heirs of the property. So we skipped trace. We couldn't find them. We couldn't find them. We did so much investigation on this deal. I went to the funeral home where the guy was buried. I got the book. Everyone had to signed in. I called everybody there. 
And one of the people there told me that the mom from the two boys had remarried a police officer outside of D.C. So we spent nine months just working this deal, trying to figure it all out, try to find Jack and Lewis. Well, one night after probably 10 beers, it sort of clicked that maybe the mom had changed her name when she got remarried and Jack and Lewis had a different last name. So then we had our genealogist do some more searching and she found where the lady, I don't want to say their names, got remarried to the police officer outside of D.C. Then we skip traced the kids and found them. Now, there's a lot of other problems, too. There was a code enforcement letter. It was going to for sale for taxes. And there's also a niece that had a lease for a dollar a month, which we ended up buying that out. So it's real important once you track these people down that you set the table. And also, because he had passed away without a will, there was estate issues. So basically, we called the guys up. We said, hey, look, there's a property in Charlotte. You guys are the rightful heirs. But there's a whole bunch of problems. There's squatters in the property. There's code enforcement. There's estate issues. And it goes to sale for taxes in two weeks. And we said, we can offer you $35,000. And they're like, well, this is found money, first of all. And normally we'd negotiate, but since there's so many problems, we're going to sell it to you for $35,000. So we bought the property for $35,000. And then we had to wait nine months in North Carolina. We didn't want to open the estate because we were afraid there'd be claims and stuff. So we waited. He had to be passed away for two full years. We had to wait nine more months. We were totally into it on the $50,000 range. We did a couple little minor repairs to get it off the code enforcement list, paid out bonuses and everything, and we sold it for $310,000. So our net on that deal was $243,000, but it was a lot of work. We're basically private investigators tracking down heirs that their names had changed, and that's how we ended up getting that deal. And my partner, Mitch, even a couple of times said, give up on it, give up on it. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to get this. I'm going to figure it out. And we got it done two weeks before it went to sale for taxes. Wow. That's a crazy story. I bet you've had a lot of stories like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everything from guns pointing at our head while knocking at doors to being threatened by motorcycle gangs. It's crazy. Before we get into the best advice ever, what's the craziest story you have? The craziest story. I'm trying to think here. There's so many of them. I can't even think. What? Oh, yeah. yeah. This is sort of a funny one. It's take a little bit of time, but there's a piece of property that I was, again, this, I don't drink anymore, but I used to drink a lot. Okay. So I was drinking at the bar and my bartender said, Hey, my mama's going into foreclosure. Could you help her? I'm like, yeah, we'd like to talk to her. So I met with her and she owned a piece of property in the County of York. And it was surrounded on two sides, this piece of property by the city of Tiga K. Tiga K is a very rich area. And if I could annex the property into Tiga K, then it would be worth a lot of money versus being in the county. So I went and met with the city manager. I said, hey, can you annex this piece of property into the city of Tiga K? Because I want to build some houses on it. I'll never forget what he said. He said, son, we're not going to do that. I'm like, why not? He goes, well, we're building a baseball field. We'd like to buy your property, but we don't really need it. So I came down, met with him. And he said, I can give you maybe 85, maybe 90,000 on this property. I was like, okay, well, that's a little bit low. During the time we went back, we did a short sale on it. We ended up getting it from 65. We got it for 50,000. So I went back to talk to the city manager and said, hey, let's negotiate on this property. Your price is a little bit low, but let's talk. And he goes, well, now I can only give you 65,000 for it. I'm like, why? He said, well, that's all we have in our budget. I can only give you 65. I was like, well, wait a minute. Your price went down. I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, you just told me you have no jurisdiction. It's in the county. It was correct. 
You said, you're not going to annex it. He goes, correct. I said, then I could open a freaking goat farm. And he crossed his arms and said, well, I guess you could. So what we did is we went and rented goats. You can actually rent goats. We rented three goats for two hours. And we had goat cupcakes. We had a big banner, Uncle Carl's goat farm coming soon. We had goat farm t-shirts printed up. We had a little party out there. And we did this whole thing about how I was going to open a goat farm in TKK. We did a Facebook Live. I even sent them an email saying, hey, we're getting ready to open a goat farm. We were just silly. We filmed the Facebook Live. We had some neighbors come over, and we did this little whole production. We had a little ribbon-cutting ceremony and had a little golden key made up. We got pictures. I'll even send you pictures. That day, we got a $100,000 offer for the property closed in seven days. So we ended up selling it for $100,000 closed in seven days. So I guess the moral of the story is, that I call it, we positively extorted the town of Tiga K. So that was probably the craziest <laughs> deal we ever did. <laughs> oh man, this is very entertaining. I'm sure I could talk to you for hours about some of these stories. So based off of all these experiences, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Two things, focus on niches. We do a lot of land, a lot of stuff too. Find some niches that not everyone else is doing, learn those, and then also be relentless on your deals. I could tell you story after story where we're relentless but also pivot. Most of our deals, we got stuck and we were done. We couldn't get them to go through. And the last minute we pivot and I could tell you crazy stories. Like we mailed out chocolate bars one time to this lady who kept telling us, no, no, no. And we said, hey, you're missing on a sweet deal. Please give us a call. She called us. We got the deal two days before the foreclosure. So you always got to be persistent, learn the niches, and then take that step back, pivot, and also collaborate. We spend a lot of time in our office talking to people, trying to figure out how to put these crazy deals together with multiple heirs and partition sales and buying liens and judgments. So I would say that the persistence, pivoting, and learn niches. Okay, ready for the best ever lightning round? Yep. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com, and there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out. Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Ooh, I like Traction because my business is so disorganized and messed up. I'm trying to straighten it out so it's more organized and streamlined. So I'd say Traction is probably one of the best books. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I would go back in because I made a lot of great connections. I would go back to everybody because I lost everything in 2008. I'd go back and say, hey, I'm starting over. I have the knowledge, I have the know-how, so I just reach back out to all my business partners because you don't need money for what we do. We just got to find the deals. We go out and start doing the exact same thing, just going back after tax delinquents, foreclosures, using our property lookup system, and that kind of thing. That's how I start back over. So besides that $243,000 
profit on that deal. What has been your best ever deal? We did a $228,000 deal on a vacant house that was owned by a defunct corporation that a divorced couple, the wife, had the rights to. They had a $750,000 lien. She thought it was attached to it, but it wasn't attached. So that was our second best deal ever. What about a deal that you've lost the most money on? Oh, I was really stupid. I went off a of Zillow value and I put it under contract and I had two partners with no money and we ended up losing about $32,000 and I got sued and had to settle a lawsuit. So that was being really stupid. Not even a rookie would go off a of Zillow and I just was trying to hurry and not paying attention and I was just stupid. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? I've got a phone to call 704-777-7777. That's our office number. Leave a message. That's probably the best way to reach me or send a friend request on Facebook. We've got Uncle Carl and friends or Carl Spielvogel. Send out that. Or I'm going to give you my personal number. It's 704-995-5385. 704-995-5385. Well, Carl, this has been a very interesting conversation. And I was muted while you were talking, but I was laughing a ton at your story. Very entertaining, very interesting. And definitely all of the different stories and examples you gave hit on your best ever advice, which is focus on niches, obviously. Be relentless on your deals. Pivot when you need to. And then obviously when you're doing these types of complicated deals to collaborate with people to kind of brainstorm what to do. Just to go over some of the examples you gave, there's one that had 23 airs that we bought for 65K that was worth 200, driving for dollars. Just found out that it was vacant. Both owners were dead. You built a family tree. You called the heirs, made deals with each of them, even put on a barbecue to get that deal done. Talked about your best ever deal with a $243,000 profit where a bird dog calls you up. You've had a vacant property where the owner passed away. Yet you had to hire a genealogist and it took you a long time to find who the rightful heirs were. And you talk to them about all the different issues and offer them 35K to buy that property. Because of these issues, they ended up selling it to you based off of the rules of the estate. And you had to wait two years after the original owner had died, so nine more months before you could sell the property and sold it for 310000 And then my favorite, which is the goat story, yeah. <laughs> where you found a, a property through a bartender. Yep. And the property was surrounded by a very nice area as you wanted to get annexed into that area. And the city manager said, said no, because they're building a baseball field and offered you money for it. And it comes back at a lower offer and you did your, your goat farm production. Something started out of Hollywood. And that same day you got a $100,000 offer that closed in, in seven days. So I'm sure you've got plenty more of oh, yeah. stories. I'm sure you've got some content on that on your website. We have a podcast, Uncle Carl's Crazy Real Estate Stories. Okay. I also have a mastermind group, <laughs> Uncle Carl and Friends Mastermind Group. It's only $149 a month, and we go dive into details on how we do these kind of deals. Yeah, and I definitely take up on the offer best ever listeners because, as I mentioned, it's best ever advice. A lot of people are focusing on the single-family rentals and apartments. And while that's obviously a great investment, if you do have the time and you are relentless, you can focus on these niches where there's really no competition at all, it sounds like. It just takes time, takes effort, takes some creativity. Yep. <laughs> and you can make a lot of money without having much competition in today's market. So definitely take them up on that offer. All right, Carl, well, I really appreciate it. Again, very entertaining <laughs> interview. I really enjoyed it. Thanks Best for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, best of listeners, thank you for listening as always. Have the best of your day and we will talk to you tomorrow.